This whole series has been called Soul Toxins, and uh, these last few weeks have been the uh, visits to the Biblical Poison Control Center. And so once again, I'd like to welcome you to the Biblical Poison Control Center. Uh, Remember, our mission here at the BPCC is to help you avoid being poisoned in the first place. That little uh, minion uh, scene there is great because I love, they just look yellow, and then all of a sudden you crack one open and he glows. I think it's great because it's what's, it's what's inside us that is either good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but day, today, we are here in the staff lounge at the BPCC. You guys are at a place where most people never get to go. And, and coincidentally, it is Family Sunday here at Huntsville Christian Church. And, and I love that because it means anything could happen. Um, <laughs> but I was told that uh, today, one of my duties, since we were visiting the staff lounge, was that I needed to clean out the staff refrigerator and, uh, yeah, there's some experiments growing in there. Uh, let's get down to it. I'm going to need a couple volunteers, though. Um, I, I need somebody old and handsome, uh, muscular, ruggedly handsome. Dennis. All right, come on up, Dennis. Uh, and to balance out all that manliness on stage, I'm going to need somebody young and, and pretty and, you know, feminine. And uh, <laughs> not you, Alex. Jesse Faust. Good, good. Thank you. I hear you're going to need to put this on, Dennis, because I don't want you to get that shirt messed up. Um, No. You're good. Don't cut it. I just got this one. There you go. All right. Trust me. It's okay. All right. I'm going to keep him nice and tidy. Don't want his wife to get mad. He'll get something on his shirt. There you go. All right. And Jesse, got one for you. Come on over here. Let's see here. There we go, something like that. Yeah, hers is already dirty. She's got a, she's got a really dirty job. There you go. Have fun with that. Um, I better put one on too because even though I'll get something on my shirt at lunchtime, we'll do what we can to keep it kind of clean. All right. Um, I got it. I, got, I don't trust you behind me. You'll, you'll knock me off the stage or something. All right. Um, you know, here's the thing. I, I was just peeking in the refrigerator. I got to tell you, I hate to waste things. And... Uh, this stuff doesn't really look all that bad. I mean, there's some ice cream. There's some strawberries. Uh, there looks like some whipping cream. I think we're going to make a smoothie. So I need you run to the little kitchen and, and go ahead and grab up. Uh, I need like a bowl of ice, and I'm going to make you a smoothie. All right? And uh, Dennis, while she's doing that, I'm going to make you up some little eggs and some ham because I see that in there. It says it's Andy's lunch, but he's not here, so it's okay. Oh, there he is. All right. Uh, here, Dennis, go ahead, and uh, I think these are strawberries. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and pour those in there. Now, listen, sh- y'all don't tell Jesse. It's, it it's probably not as bad as it looks. Hey, go ahead, just, just hurry. She's going to be back soon. Pour it in there. How's that? And, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is ice cream. It says it's birthday blast. Pour that in there. That'll be, there's a scraper for you too. Oh yeah, that looks a lot like a birthday. Maybe not. Uh, hey, you can't have a smoothie without some whipping cream. That'll make it nice. Put, here, let me take that and we'll put that in there. Uh, there you go. That's going to be good. And um, how's this coming along? That's getting there. Turn that up a little bit. It's like cooking show. I love cooking shows. Um, oh, wow. Is that? was a little bit chunky. 
right. Um, hey, go ahead, put the lid on that and give it a, a quick little mix before she comes back. Now, y'all just, you know, don't, don't get crazy or anything when she comes back with the ice because that looks like it's really going to be pretty good. Hey, I found this ham, too. That, uh... That, 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 hey, there you go. There's a Dr. Seuss fan in the room. Dennis, this look. No, man, wait. Ham is like bologna, and bologna never goes bad, so it's okay. Yeah, we got this. It's all right, Dennis. Don't worry about it. What could go wrong? Look, the good news is we're, we're at the Poison Control Center, so I'm sure we can take care of anything. Um, oh, that ham's looking nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is beautiful. Um, that's good stuff. There you go. How's that smell over there? It, it smells wonderful. Oh, good, good. Here, good. Oh, Jesse's back with some ice. Yeah, go ahead and get that. And there, you can rest it on that. I'm gonna put this back in here to hide the evidence. I mean, to set it aside. Um, there we go. Um, hey, I found these eggs too. These don't look too bad, huh? That's good stuff right there. There we go. It's uh Oh yeah, that looks good. Did you see that one-handed egg cracking right there? That's. Learned that at chef school. Yeah. No biggie. Um, there you go. Put that. Go ahead and just chunk that up. There's, a, there's actually an ice crushing part right here. That'll be good. And uh, we'll, there you go. Man, that looks delicious. I'm going to tell you what. Hey, Rachel Ray ain't got nothing on you and I. I'm going to tell you what. A little more, a little more. Here, push that button and see what happens. Yeah, that's the one. Maybe it'll blend. Maybe it won't. Okay. All right, if the smoke alarm goes off, somebody just tell the fire department it's okay. Um, here, go ahead and, and dish that out. Pour that out for Jesse. Let her get a little bit of that. This, your green eggs and ham are cooking right up. That's looking good. Um, hey, go, it looks like there's room for two. Go ahead and pour that. We'll, we'll share that with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just hate things going to waste, you know? Oh, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be all that bad. No, it's out of the refrigerator. Well, that's what I'm saying. Hey, look, what do you think they did back in days like when you were a kid before they had electricity and refrigerators? Got sick. That's right, they got sick. He's not that old. He's only like 40-something. All right, here you go. Woo, there you go. Yeah, go ahead, clap, clap. You don't see that kind of action every day at church now. It's flipping... Gun. Flipping eggs and ham. Boy, that is looking good. I wish I could have some of this. But I think we got plenty. Actually, I, I have to keep talking, so I'm going to let you. Oh, yeah. Do you like your eggs over medium, sunny side up? <laughs> I just want them cooked. All right. You're going a diva over here. I want them cooked, you know? I tell you one more time just because it's fun to do. Hey, thank you. Thank you. My mom must be out there. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Don't embarrass me. All right. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and turn that off because I will. Good. Well, sure. Hey, why wouldn't you want to? Oops. Um, Jesse, would, would I really give you something bad? I mean, you got a fork? hey, you know what? I just happen to have a fork right there. Look, Dennis is going to have green eggs and ham. Surely you could have. All right, look. We're going to pray about that. I'll have, I have a little bit. Come on, please. Dear Lord, don't let us get sick. Okay, <laughs> bottoms up. Go ahead. Mmm. 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 
Hey, that's actually not bad. All right, you guys, yes, go sit down. Bad. Go ahead and sit down. Enjoy your, your shake, and, your, and you can take that with you. Oh, thank you, John. Yeah. All right, big hand for my brave volunteers. Yeah. They don't think they really did anything, but let me just tell you. Uh, if you're watching online, you sh- or if you're listening online, you should have been here because we just made an amazing smoothie of some things that may or may not have been bad. Uh, and, oh, one of those green eggs is cracked. I'll bet that one really is bad on the inside. Uh, okay, got everything set there. Maybe that wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> Did you sign the, the papers earlier today, the, the hold harmless agreement? I think, okay, good. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Some of that stuff looked pretty bad, didn't it? And maybe, maybe having them eat and drink all that wasn't such a good idea. But, you know, sometimes churches and, and Christians, we can be a lot like the stuff we just pulled out of this refrigerator. We start out fresh, excited for Christ, bursting with flavor, if you will. And then we end up like a bag of strawberries left in the fridge too long. Fuzzy and smelly and moldy. Squishy. But good. Thank you. <laughs> today, today I want to challenge all of us to no longer accept moldy religion and no longer to allow ourselves to become stale, leftover pieces of Jesus. That's the whole point of this. Will you pray with me? <laughs> Father God, I thank you that, that we can come here and we can, we can take a, a different approach to looking at your word. And, and Lord, there is some powerful scripture that will be read here today. And so I pray that you open our hearts and, and in between the, the goofiness and the illustrations that, that you would speak boldly, that you would move in a big way amongst your people here today. So I pray that, um, that what we do will honor you. Amen. I called this message today, Religion Gone Bad, because I wanted to drive home this point that contrary to what many people believe, Jesus didn't come to the earth to make us religious. He came to set us free. He he said that our enemy, the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy, but that he came to bring life and bring it to the fullest. Now, listen to what John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10 has to say. I'm reading from the New American Standard, by the way. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door to the sheep of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He didn't come so that we would fight over territories in a building or carpet color or or something else that has nothing to do with eternity and salvation. He tells us in Luke, he didn't come. He didn't even come for the self-proclaimed righteous people, but he came for sinners. Luke chapter five, verses 27 through 32, when he calls Levi, the tax collector, He says, after that, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he left everything behind, got up and began to follow him. And Levi gave a big reception for him in his house, talking about Jesus. And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Listen, don't get sour like the Pharisees. That's what they were. They they become sour 
In, in its simplest form, Christianity is not intended to be one of the world's major religions. Some of you are going, what? It's supposed to be a relationship with the one true living, loving God through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, if we all do that, it will be the world's biggest religion. But that's not what it is. It's the simplest form. It's a relationship between God and us through Jesus. Unfortunately, the purity of the gospel is often tainted by poisonous people who just can't get past their own soured experiences. I don't know how you grew up in church. I don't know where you are in life. But, but if you're getting to that point where you're starting to become soured as a Christian, I, I want to I help you get that out here at the Bible Poison Control Center. You know, last week I was, I was out in the field. I was doing some research and, and I discovered something uh, really kind of amazing and sad all at the same time. Uh, I discovered that this kind of moldy legalism that I just read about with the Pharisees, these, these soured Christians, they're out there. They're alive and they're well. I visited a church in Indiana, um, and, and this whole, and I'm not downing this church, and I'm not even downing this one particular person in, in, in and of themselves, but, but as I, I found out what took place, I realized only God could set all this in motion because it was perfect for what I need to say. Here's how it went. I was there. I was asked to share my story, uh, my testimony, if you will. Um, some of you know my story. For those of you who don't, I'm going to give you a quick Reader's Digest version just so I can kind of put this all together in a nice little package. Um, I was away from Christ for a long time. My mom finally convinced me to go back to church. I was in my early 20s. I went, but I went looking for a reason to never go back to church again. I was going to prove to her that Christians were idiots and, and they only cared about themselves. And I assisted my plan by not showering, not combing my hair, not brushing my teeth, and wearing old cowboy boots with duct tape on them and an old pair of bib overalls and no shirt. That's how I went back to church. I wanted to appear less than average. I wanted to appear like I didn't belong, okay? I was trying to be unappealing. All I needed was one person to let me know, uh, you know, the obvious that, hey, you don't look right or you stink or you smell bad, whatever, which was true because I did. But if I had that one person to, to, to let me know that, I would be able to walk out and never come back to church again and prove my point. All I needed was an excuse to never go back. But instead of getting that excuse, I was shown love and compassion. And I was shown that I did belong. It was a little old lady named Rosabel Haven. And I don't say that in a bad way, but I was 20 something and she was at least 70. So in my book, that made her old. Now that I'm 40, she's like middle age. Okay. But this little old lady named Rosabel came up to me. And she took my hand. I was, at the, I was at the back door of the church and she took my hand and she said, we've been expecting you. I said, you don't even know me. She said, nonetheless, come sit with us. So I sit with her and her husband after church. I'm trying to be nice. I'm, Thank you for having me. And I start to leave and she goes, no, no, no. I made Sunday supper for you. I'm 20 something years old. And here's an older couple saying we made supper for you. So not only do you belong, we're going to take you home. We're going to feed you. I was like, no way. So they insisted and I followed them home for the meal. It was great. I hung out with them for like two hours. I'm leaving and she says to me, now we'll see you next Sunday. I was starting to stammer out some things about, well, I'll see what I can do. But it really wasn't a request. It was her letting me know that she would in fact see me next Sunday at church. And they did. <laughs> I went back. 
Now, here's the thing, though. I still wore my boots and bib overalls, but I did take a shower and brush my teeth. And I even bought a new tank top in the week to wear with my bib overalls. I share that with you because I want to make something perfectly clear. There are two things. One, when it comes to living out the gospel, we have two choices. We can grow and flourish for the Lord like Rosabelle did, or we can become moldy and rotten. And there's, there's nothing worse than moldy religion or a soured Christian. I, I want to bring this whole thing full circle here. After I shared that testimony, a little bit more detail in this church, um, I found out that one of their members approached the young lady after service. This young lady was 18 years old. She was living on her own. Uh, she'd just gotten a tattoo on her wrist that said forever young. And this church member went to the, this young lady and commented about how she was dressed, that she was, she was somewhat casual, uh, not quite appropriate for church, and then commented on her new tattoo and said, don't you know that's a sin? You should be ashamed of yourself for getting that. Now, whether you're a fan of tattoos or not, I don't care. Whether you dress up for church or not, I don't care. But I think we can all agree that that wasn't the best way to get her attention and to get the point across. Now, we have to understand some things here. Culture changes, and I know that as, as Christians especially, we have to be careful of what we accept from culture. That's what this whole soul toxin series has been about. But if we continue on with, with moldy religion like that in our personal lives, we're going to become soured Christians. And then we'll be the cause of moldy religion in our churches too. And, and I, we can't have that. See, the problem with mold, it never stays to itself. If one strawberry gets moldy, it grows up to the next one. And, and, and you leave it there long enough, it'll, it'll work its way out of the bag. I was in college for seven years. I've seen the experiments that mold can do. Okay? It, it will work itself out. It, it'll get to the next thing. And it takes over the whole item that was once good. You know, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they're what I would call sour. I would even go as far because... I have the spiritual gift of being a jerk to say that they were full of moldy legalism. That's not a real spiritual gift, by the way. So you can't use that. Listen to this. Matthew 23, verse 25 through 28. Jesus is talking. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. Verse 26. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish, so that the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too, outwardly, appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. In other words, you look good on the outside, but your inside is rotting and it's sour. That's kind of my thought to the person from the church I encountered last week. They, they looked really good on the outside, but the attitude in which they went to this young lady was rotten and sour. The Pharisees, they had these grand garments and, and they, were, they were spotless. They were adorned with jewels and tassels and stuff. And, and they made sure to let others know they looked their best and they acted their best. And I can't help but think, why do religious people get so concerned with what people look like or what they're wearing? We miss out sometimes on the fact that somebody may very well be searching for God. I know I was and didn't even realize it. I've had people ask me before, what's the dress code at your church? I usually respond with something like, please do. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's start there. Now, I realize, 
Okay, even at the gym where we go to work out, it, it says as you go into the locker room, please maintain modesty. Okay, and, and so I realized that that's a good thing. And ladies, you should too. Uh, modesty is a good thing. I'm not just blaming ladies. I'm not saying anybody's dressed badly, but it's just, hey, I'm going to put it out there. Don't look like Miley Cyrus. Um, <laughs> when she was Hannah Montana, it was okay. But now she's just, don't. All right, modesty. It's a good thing anywhere, but especially at church, you don't want to be a distraction to somebody. And maybe a tattoo and clothing and that maybe that wasn't the best example for you. So I'm going to give you another one. I've actually talked with some people in the last few years, and this really blew my mind. Because they think the concept of being unequally yoked has to do with the color of your skin and what side of town you come from. Can you say sired Christians and multi-religion? Because if it had to do with what side of town you came from, Mitzi and I would never be yoked. Because she came from a rough neighborhood. I'm kidding. I've... <laughs> I grew up down in South Miami. She actually grew up mostly in Decatur and, and in Jacksonville. But, you know, how can we say that? Knowing that, that in our hands when we're holding a Bible, we're holding the good news, the gospel, we're holding God's words of encouragement and love and all these things. And yet we're going to say, well, if you lived over there and you lived over here, you can't come together. You're unequally yoked. That is not correct. Look, here at Huntsville Christian Church, we don't care if you're black or white or yellow or orange. We don't care where you come from. We don't care if you're rich or poor. We want you to come to know the truth of Christ and the life-transforming power of the gospel message. That's, that's what we care about here. I don't care what you wear to church. I will never come to you and say, hey, you need to have a jacket on. Even though I've put one on the last few Sundays. Okay, it's a lab coat. It doesn't count. <laughs> we don't care. I want to look at the Pharisees some more because they just, they helped me wrap up this whole thing so well. But I, I think they should at least get an A for effort, okay? I mean, they followed the Ten Commandments, uh, all the feasts, all the rituals, but they were so worried about breaking the Ten Commandments that they, they added 613 additional commands. Man, I'd do good keeping just ten. I couldn't, I couldn't live up to 613 additional commands. But they memorized them and, and pretty much faithfully executed these extra commands so that they wouldn't break one of the Ten Commandments. And you know, outwardly, they appeared, they appeared like they were law-abiding, good, godly people. But inwardly, their hearts were prideful. They, they were pridefully focused on their own greatness and their own righteousness, not on God or, or showing others His love. I don't know about you, but I want to be known for loving others, not judging others. That's not what I want to be known for. Let's look at Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 12. Two men went into the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee. The other, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Swindlers, unjust, adulterers. Or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven. But he was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you this. The man, this man, went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, the Pharisees and, and the Pharisees and even modern versions of them, 
bring to mind what Georgia Harkness said once. She said, The tendency to turn human judgments into divine commands makes religion one of the most dangerous forces in the world. The tendency to turn human judgments into divine commands makes religion one of the most dangerous forces in the world. I chose this title for this message, Tossing Out Moldy Legalism. If you look at the top of your bulletin insert, it says, Spoiled Churches, Sour Christians, because of something I read a while back. And this is actual research. It didn't come from Dr. Obvious, even though he's quite revered here at the BPCC. But this came from people who actually study things like church effectiveness and church growth and stuff like that. Their findings are that after the first 10 years, a church begins to lose its effectiveness and its impact. According to what I read, after the first 10 years, we begin to start getting moldy. I'll tell you this. Ever since I read that, I can't help but think, so what happens when your church turns 50? That's just around the corner for us. November counts 50 years of Huntsville Christian Church. It's time to clean out the fridge, guys. It's time. We got to take these things out. You know, I don't know for sure what our future looks like. But I know this and I can tell you this. I'm going to treat the next 10 years at Huntsville Christian Church like they're our first 10 years. Are you with me on this? Thank you. Listen, the Pharisee stood. He was praying in the temple. He says this. He, He was praying this to himself. Did you catch that? The Bible says he was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all I get. Listen, they do all those things, and yet they were some of the most soured religious people I've ever heard about. The Pharisees are a lot like this egg. It's nice. It's white. It's pure. When you crack it open... See that? Yeah. That's the inside. You know, when you look at the examples and you look at what the, the, the tax collector, these guys, the, the Pharisees, they were steadfast on the law. But when the love of God was staring them in the face, they couldn't see it. And the tax collector, standing some distance away, not even willing to look his eyes up to heaven, not even lifting his head, and he's beating his breast. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. He didn't ask for anything. He didn't even ask for anything that he deserved except mercy. The other problem is here, we get so caught up on how everybody looks on the outside. Take something like this that looks really nasty, This green egg, kind of like the tax collector. On the inside, he was a lot better than the Pharisee. What an example. A tax collector of all people, beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. What an example of just fresh, raw, personal brokenness. Knowing that his actions in life were less than average. He knows. 
And you know, even unwilling to lift his eyes towards heaven, simply asking for God's mercy in his life. So my questions are, what are you looking for? Are you looking to be this right here? Another white egg that's just tainted with something on the inside? Or are you looking for love and mercy and forgiveness? If you're looking for the latter, you're in a good place. The baptistry is ready. Our elders are here to pray with you, to talk with you, to share with you. Maybe you came here and you're looking to retire Huntsville Christian Church. After all, we're almost 50 and we should start looking towards retirement. No offense. I think we need to be looking to start fresh and make an impact in this community and in our world in the next 10 years that will have a ripple effect all the way to eternity. Maybe that's what you're looking for. We'd love for you to partner with us today as we look to making changes and reaching people for Christ. We don't care if you've been the worst person you know or if you've tried to be good all your life because the reality is God doesn't look at your outside and neither do we. He looks at the inside. He judges your heart. Are you ready? Are you ready to come to the one who loves you just as you are and start making an impact for him? Or are you good just like you are? You know, the, the eggs and the ham and the strawberries and all that stuff, at, at one time it was good and, and fresh. But when it wasn't used like it should have been, it turned moldy and sour. Now, I'm going to caveat that real quick with saying all the stuff we did here today was just illusions. Everything was fresh and there's nothing ugly or bad given to anybody. But it was pretty powerful when you look at it. The choice is yours. I don't think you'll ever clean out your refrigerator again and not think back to some of these things. How will you respond to God's word today? Will you stand and sing with us? And if you need to respond to his word... Please do. Don't wait.